0: We are doing it at the
1: exact same time. Yeah. Oh, wait, No. I'll just start. I'll start now. Let's just go now then. Wait. Teenage Mutant <laughs> ninja, <laughs> ninja Turtles. Ninja Turtles. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Here is it. Turtle power.
2: Turtle power. Yeah. Oh my god, we can't. No, we can't. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what's wrong with it. Let's just not do it. Let's just not do it. And then let's just go into the music and then hello everybody. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to talk about turtles anymore. I'm done. (laughs) Oh, God. Hello and welcome to the Phantom Zone, your one-stop shop for all things nerdy. If you like what you hear today, you can listen to our other episodes and a whole range of other nerdy subjects on Spotify, Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, and SoundCloud. Today we're talking about the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Mutant and Ahem, and I'm here joined by Donatello, Leonardo, Raphael, and Michelangelo, otherwise known as Ian, Simone, Chris, and me. Hello. Hello. Yeah. Hello. Turtle power. Power of Bunga. <laughs> Power bunger, give me some pizza.
0: Yeah,
2: actually, that mm. was going to be the first subject of today's questions. Um, mm. what's everyone's that's, first opinion on pineapple on pizzas? Yes, or no? Uh, no. A no. yes, it's no. such yes. a good combo. No, okay, yes. no, Chris being the, the <laughs> that's the end of the <laughs> Phantom Zone. <laughs> the rift has begun. I cannot continue, this... <laughs> Chris. Go on, I'll spiel. I can't wait.
0: It's just not right is it
2: is this I mean, the next great debate <laughs> yeah yeah it could
0: be could be we should do that um <sighs> i just i don't know i like pineapple i just do not like it on pizza and i don't think it belongs that I is it's such as a... literally i've got on the matter <laughs> 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 it's, it's so mean, outrageous i don't have any science behind this other than I, I just you're not gonna get on it. the picket line no i mean i just wouldn't have it my wife, my wife has it, and it's, <laughs>
1: I thought you were going to say she brings it in the house, and I throw it out. I throw it yeah, yeah, out of the window. <laughs> like Breaking it's, Bad. It's with a definite
0: point of contention. Yeah, that's it. If you look in my house, it's just covered in pineapple peaches <laughs> um, No, it's just not for me. What about that's sweet and sour, man? No, I, I mean yeah. sweet sour is not the same as pizza.
1: No, but it's like you can have sweet stuff in savory. Like you can. I'm have not
0: saying that. you can. I just don't think that pineapple. It feels like you are. Why well, I'm saying that? Have, um, you, have I, you tried
3: it, Chris? <laughs> yes,
0: I've tried. Yes, I've tried it. I, I like. I don't <laughs> no, like. You've never of...
3: had a Hawaiian pizza, is what I'm. saying. Oh, Hawaiian. so
0: good. I have, I have had a Hawaiian it's pizza. Terrific. I've tried it. I just don't enjoy it. I just don't like the pineapple with the tomato. I and...
3: don't believe it.
0: The problem what is, is well, I think I'm, like sure I'm sure lying. he's not lying. <laughs> so Chris it, if, the if if that's <laughs> the, what,
2: what is your chosen topping of choice?
0: Look, like, and this is going this isn't gonna help my case at all. I like just a standard pepperoni pizza. Oh Wh- fuck pepperoni, <laughs> as much pepperoni as possible, but you know I This like basic that. bitch. <laughs> 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 uh, well on, on that i realize rift. that does not help my case at all but... <laughs> oh dear well but we, piece, we've, we've co- drawn the line in
2: reason. the sand we've drawn the line in the sand of the podcast crew there's three of us against one of you chris you know you're oh, a pineapple man as well feel, I, it. Yeah, feel it yeah oh god you gotta love pineapple it's that sweet savory, just like you say mm-hmm.
3: no, it just enough. works so well <laughs>
2: And that's the episode today, guys. Nice. That's it. <laughs> I didn't want to talk about turtles. I just wanted to bring this up. It's been on my mind for a while. Uh, wow. I mean,
3: I'm sure they'd approve Great. of this subject. Well, it's that, that was anyway,
2: that was the notion Um So on the subject <laughs> to the actual movie itself, what were our sort of initial re- knee-jerk reactions to the movie? Did we, did we like it? What, what were our first thoughts? Simone, do you want to go first?
3: I really, really enjoyed it. Um, like, a lot. I wasn't, like, I'd had no expectations going in um but I just thought it was it was it was perfect like there was well not perfect but like the subject matter in it was perfect that's that was my takeaway um yeah I really really enjoyed it the art style was phenomenal like blew me away um yeah I had a really good time watching. how about yourself Ian
1: yeah I I'm very similar to Simone like I really really liked it I think I like Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles as a property a lot. As a kid, I really liked the cartoon. As I've grown up a bit more, I now like the comics that initially yep. came out. Uh, obviously, a very different tone to the cartoon when I was a kid. Um, but I feel like in film, it's been a bit hit and miss sometimes. Um, and I really, really liked this. I think the art style yeah. was great. Um, I think the, 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 The music's fantastic in it. It has a great soundtrack, Mm. um, great performances. Uh, And what I liked about it is, like, it feels like it's a part of this sort of, like, the next step in this sort of, like, animated renaissance that we're having at the moment in terms of, like, Into Mm. the Spider-Verse and Puss in Boots and now this. I really am liking that people are pushing the boat out on what animation can actually be and is going like oh we don't need to make live action remakes of films we don't have to do crap like that we can make an animated film and make it unique and different and i'm really i'm feeling it i'm there yeah. for it
2: yeah i agree with that what about you
1: chris
0: yeah i i have to agree i think this film i, re- I really really enjoyed it i like someone said didn't really have any expectations going in it obviously we talked about the trailer before when it came out um and obviously the art style looked intriguing, obviously being from the same uh, people who made Mitchells versus Machines, which is another great oh, anime, Great oh, film. yeah. yeah. Um, so good. Uh, so, you know, kind of had high hopes in that regard in terms of it looked great, and this film absolutely does. But I really, really enjoyed it. I just I had a really great time with it. And similar to Ian, I've grown up watching uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles for, for many years, and the films have been, yes, spotty, um previously but i think this does along with things like spider-verse and other things we've seen and like i said mitchell's machines this kind of art style and this animation kind of renaissance that we're having is really encouraging and this film is just another fine example of how good animation can be yeah i'll be
2: contrary then and say i hated it no i'm joking yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> well i mean I, I i totally agree and it's it's interesting you both mentioned about your sort of your memories with regards to the teenage mutant ninja turtles because that was something i wanted to touch upon where like what what was our sort of earliest memories of the ninja turtles and was there a particular series or franchise of the t- tmnt that uh, TMNT. sort of stuck with you i mean for me personally if we sort of jump in i quite like the 2003 um, Teenage Mutant and Turtles, where uh, it was sort of a it's after the original '80s cartoon, and it it sort of took it in a more grungy, angsty sort of 2000 setting. Um, and you had things like Shredder being an Outrom alien rather than Krang. Any of you guys got any particular sort of stories or memories of the turtles that sort of stood out? Any particular iterations that you like the most? Ian, Oh, who do you want to go first? Uh,
3: go ahead,
2: Ian. No, no. Did you ask me to go first? <laughs> I did ask you to go first. Yeah. <laughs>
1: then I will go first, Simone. No, I'm joking. <laughs> um, I do remember the 2003, uh, cartoon. Like vaguely. Like I, I, I really, really remember having the toys. That's the thing I remember yeah. the most. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't really remember the shows that well. Weirdly, like. I know there was I do not remember the 2012 one at all like that that's not there at all um but like I remember having the toys I remember having a really like rigid shredder like he had no articulation other than his <laughs> arms would go up and down yeah. like he you couldn't move him at all but his arms would just go up and down but the ones I really liked playing with they must have come from the 80s one because they looked like those ones but they were morphing. So you could have them as a little turtle oh, and then yeah. they would morph out into yeah. the like Raphael Donatello. And I had the Shredder one as well where he was like a little old man and then you pressed a button and he became Shredder. And yeah. you're like... I had that
2: one. They were like little transforming turtles. Yes. You sort of opened up yeah. their like, so folded the... them out, yeah
1: yeah that's what i remember the most the toys that i had with terrible articulation oh, yeah
0: i had those toys as well they were <laughs> a lot of toys back then didn't
2: really have the yeah range of, range of motion yeah. Yeah. yeah but they yeah. were
0: great yeah i remember that yeah they were
2: good. how about you simone
3: um this is going to come out of left field but when i was younger i was completely obsessed with the 1990 teenage mutant ninja turtle film like the live action one, yeah. like a weird- Go yeah, turtles, yeah.
1: go turtles, yeah, that's go. go. That's a great movie. <laughs>
4: like,
3: I watched that on repeat and I also had like this um toy of Michelangelo and he had like a pizza strapped to his chest and nice. you could load mini pizzas into nice. it and you could move his arm and it would fire these tiny little pizzas Sick, out love of it. a bigger nice. pizza. I bet
1: they were Hawaiian. That's not, right.
0: I was just about to say, I'm pretty sure they were pepperoni pizzas. They were pepperoni pizzas, yeah. <laughs> um, um, what a yeah. basic bitch. <laughs> 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 yeah.
3: So it's a little left field, but um, yeah, that was, I think that was, that was my first, yeah, it, it was 1990. Yeah, it would have been my first um that's my first memory of Teenage Mutant Ninja nice.
2: Chris the same with you sort of toys or did you follow anything in particular
0: yeah toys uh um I'm, I'm old enough to remember the first animated series in the 90s as well which was great to watch uh yeah. I'm also same as Simone the 1990 film um which I caught at some point was was great and then the second one the the secret of the use um Mm. The, which is 92 i think something like that but it had obviously the the whole storyline which really freaked me out when i was younger um i didn't like it at all but you know it just that little chris thing. going oh god the zoo's, everywhere. The zoo's, everywhere. <laughs> the zoos everywhere It was like the first time i watched the blob it was the same thing i was like oh my god this is just like that but um <laughs> Yeah, similar. You know, the the TV the TV series was great growing up, you know, Saturday mornings watching Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles and whatever else was on at the time. But
2: yeah, good memories. I, I, with the Turtles for me, I think for this particular film, I kind of had a h- even higher expectations than say Into the Spider-Verse. Um, oh, I think, damn. I, yeah, I, the, the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, they've been sort of a, a childhood and adult like all the way through sort of mainstay. I think I've watched... Every iteration of the cartoons and animated series, um, mm. and I've I've been a huge. Have any of you guys read the comics? Like any yes. of the current comics? Yeah, the 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 ongoing IDW comic line has been oh, probably my favourite iteration. So good. They're I really think something good. that's so fresh about this movie is the the very sort of storyline that they take is because if we sort of talk about the storyline itself, is very much um, a coming of age movie. That mm-hmm. none of the current sort of CGI films or animate or live action films have really touched upon before. They've kind of more gone for the the stereotypical sort of ninja aspects, and then you know the villain Shredder. So I think this kind of takes a little bit more of a turn, um, mm-hmm. and this mm-hmm. feels very much in the same vein that Spider Man was sort of a homecoming teenage life sort of film. I feel like this one was that sort of equation for the teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Mm-hmm. I think the current comic book series the IDW one. That's very deep dive into sort of comic book world. You know, all the turtles are very much their um reincarnations of their previous lives from back in Field or Japan and the Shredder is more akin to sort of Rachel Ghoul where he goes into hibernation during centuries and gets risen again to sort of conquer New York. Um I think that's a little bit of a bold storyline to take into a comic book world or a comic book movie. So I think that uh Seth Rogan and Jeff Rowe and the team that, that worked on Mutant Mayhem. I thought this was quite a bold choice and quite a unique and fresh take that kind of aged with the times. I don't know what people thought mm. about the actual story itself. Mm. Mm. I, I mean, yeah, I,
1: I, I agree. Like I think what I was reading after we finished watching it last night, um, we we came home and we were I looked up a little bit to to just get a bit background. I think Seth Rogan was talking about he wanted it to be a father and son sort of story and a relationship with them coming to age uh, and Splinter obviously being their father in it Um, and I feel like I think this is the best this has been the best critically received Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles film Um, the rest before it haven't broken past 50% which I think is a bit harsh on the 1990s film but like on Rotten Tomatoes but um, this is like 96% which is really good. Like, that's really good. And I think that is because they have taken, like, a big step in terms of storytelling. As you say, Toby, I think they select to tell a story, you know, of coming of age, kind of like into the Spider-Verse with Miles Morales, you know, finding out who he is. They, they did a really good job of focusing on those four and then also their father being a, a presence in their life. I re- Yeah, I completely agree. I think it's really good. I think it's really, really good.
0: Yeah, I agree. I think the the message and the kind of story of the film, like you say, and does echo kind of the the stories that have made things like Spider-Verse so, I guess, universal and so well-received, which reflects the rating that this film's got. And I think it deserves the... Because it's, it's, it's got a lot of really positive reviews. Um, I, I I don't want to say surprisingly so, but I think more some people would be surprised at how much was achieved within a teenage mutant ninja turtles film but then it just shows you that the the hard work that's gone into this film to make it what it is to make it look as good as it does to all the performances are as good as they can be i think um and then back to the story the story is like i say quite a common universal thing that everyone can kind of relate to or at least get and understand and go with throughout the film which really helps drive it and Get you buy into the characters and then enjoy all the other stuff that comes with it afterwards as well so yeah i think it's i think it's really good i also
3: agree yeah i (laughs) also agree (laughs) (laughs) good unanimous (laughs) decision i I mean yeah i i I do think like a hundred percent like them picking to sort of focus on their lives as teenagers and it is you know it's not like it's, it's shied away from that they're Yes, they can do all of this ninja stuff, but also at the heart of it, they are just like teenage kids kind of out of their depths. And um, the idea of like, you know, they they just really want to fit in with the world around them, but like mm. they can't because they're so different, which is something that a lot of teenagers feel that, you know, old people don't understand. No, nobody gets me, you know, like, <laughs> and that angst and playing it off because they are, mutant ninja turtles i thought it, mm. it was perfect it's such a as chris said a universal story and i thought it was yeah absolutely brilliant yeah well to it, sort it of this... an hour and a half as well yeah oh, for I, sure. st- I would say for a yeah. story
2: i mean to, to summarize the story that we we have all talked about but actually not acknowledge what the story is um <laughs> my fault poor hosting they're, uh, they're, they're turtles man they don't need to <laughs> Well, <laughs> we've, we've done it. it. It's it's pointed. To, it's pointed to the the, the conversation here. And, um, <laughs> you know, so it, we've all said it's very much like the coming of age. But what I thought was quite unique was that it's it's about the four brothers trying to find their way in the world as teenagers, trying to be accepted on the whole by sort of New Yorkers and the world. And you've got Splinter who is taking f- uh, quite a left field sort of characteristics from his very normal mm. depiction of being sort of the, the stoic ninja master. Here he's being very much like a cliche protective father. You know, he's had shortcomings with the, or short uh, poor interactions with the, the human world. So he's very fearful of his sons going out there and braving it themselves. You know, he wants them to stay in the sewers. And the the, the, the first sort of reaction for the turtles is, you know, they, they bump into April O'Neil, um, just playing around horseplay on the rooftops. And their first interaction is not not to try and um, be heroes straight off the bat. It's more about acceptance in this. So she's trying to undercover or uncover um, a series of crimes that are taking across uh, New York, where uh, ooze and technological equipment is being stolen by this mysterious crime syndicate, and they want to help her purely out of sort of teenager selfish reasons they think this is a good gateway for them to be accepted there's a weird sort of creepy undercurrent with leonardo being um sort of fancying april <laughs> and you then get introduced to the creep uh, the criminal sign sy- uh, syndicate run by superfly and there's kind of the superfly. Superfly, superfly voiced by ice cube which is very much the parallel story from splinter's perspective where they're taking a more antagonistic and violent approach where they don't feel they can be accepted in the real world therefore they're going to attack and harm the real world and the humans so i think Mm. it's quite an interesting parallel of stories and two conflicting dynamics um how did you guys Mm. feel about sort of that dynamic and the the characteristics of say splinter and superfly and the other sort of side characters the mutants chris do you want to go first um
0: well it's interesting because i think there is even a moment in the film where um obviously splinter's um main concerns with his four children as it were is to protect them and the only way to keep them safe is that they listen to him and uh, you know there's this uh, animosity towards humankind obviously given his past experience and his his uh his what's the word um Desire to keep the you know the four from danger and what he perceives as a unaccepting world of humans, um, which apart which is a very interesting message as well that goes throughout the film is about acceptance and like intolerance and you know that kind of stuff which we can get into a bit deeper. But then obviously Superfly has kind of the same kind of feelings about that, and there's that moment in the film towards the end where you see both sides of the coin. If you, I guess, took a, a, a one road or took another road, what do you become? And then I think it's a very interesting theme to see that Superfly is what Splinter would become if his hatred and animosity took to another level rather than go the other way, which is to retreat and, you know, shy away from it. So I, I really I really like that theme, and I think it really balances it quite well to show you that Con- consequences of choice and different paths in life, etc., can lead even from the same beginnings can lead to very different yep. outcomes.
2: Simone?
3: yeah, I, I I agree. I think that's um, it's a very poignant point.
2: Thank you. <laughs> I have my well memory. done, Chris. Well done. Yeah,
0: we've come a long. Now way you're not since hosting. The, we've come a long way since the Hawaiian pizza incident. Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> now you're not hosting. You can be a bit more a uh, bit more uh, poignant with your thoughts.
3: <laughs> I'm sorry. What was the question?
2: <laughs> I mean it was basically the, the sort of central <laughs> the question was how did you feel about the, the dynamic between the conflicting sort of storylines of Splinter trying to protect the the, the children or the, the teenage mutant ninja turtles from the real world and then Superfly's more antagonistic approach of
3: Oh yes you know, yes
2: if the if the humans are gonna be bad then we need to wipe them out.
3: Yeah, I mean like Superfly and I feel like they really missed a trick with Superfly with him like they didn't play um that superfly like the song superfly I feel like they could they, yeah. kind of <laughs> <Yeah. that. laughs> they really like, should I have was I was waiting happening. for it <laughs> um, but, uh, but anyway um no yeah he really does have like a more of a magneto approach yeah. to mutant life mm. um, but obviously you can understand how somebody would end up that way um, we see uh splinters uh, exploration of new york and he comes out of the sewers and everyone like j- basically just tries to attack him um which is awful it's very awful mm. to see it was that's a really sad scene um but yeah i completely understand why he would feel the need to protect his family because that is like you know the idea of like family is so central to this film um and yeah, that's that's all that parents really want to do, isn't it? Is to keep their, their children safe. And he's, he's doing it in the best way that he can.
2: Um, oh, yeah. Lovely. Mm-hmm. Ian,
1: anything to add? <laughs> no, I mean, I, 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 I felt that, you know, the, the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles property has kind of like tonally had very, it, it's had very different tones across its like history. Um, You know, when it first came out, it was a very different vibe to what the animation was, far more serious and gritty. And um, I feel like with this film, they took a step to make it. I don't want to say the other films and stuff was immature, because that's not fair. That's not the right word that I'm looking for. But I think they made a conscious effort to make Splinter's story because he's not this like sage of like wisdom that he is in, as you rightly say, in these other ones. I think that's a significant change where it tells a very different heartfelt story uh, of, you know, struggling to fit in. And as we've all, you know, highlighted, you know, it's an awful scene where he is almost attacked and we have that, you know, paralleled at the end where people are offering him help because they see he's, you know, with the turtles, um trying to save the day um which i'm also like new york man don't just do that because people are trying to save you just be nice to people anyway it doesn't matter like yeah bloody new york anyway actually our listeners in new york might hate us if we haven't so no sorry yeah new York <laughs> is
0: great I'm we just... love new york <laughs> yeah. we
1: love it um so yeah no i feel like that i feel like that change was a really really good choice and i'm 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 certain that's something seth rogan and Who's the other writer for this? Um Evan Goldberg, film? who does
0: yep. uh he's basically written everything with him.
1: So I feel like because I know that they were talking about they wanted to make this a father-son story, they can they made that as a conscious effort to change. And then by placing Superfly as the opposite to him, because like the best villains are always ones that you can kind of understand. Yeah. You know, the the one we like Magneto, not because Magneto's like evil. It's because you're kind of like well, you know, you know, he kind of has a point, he's bad, we shouldn't be doing that stuff, but I can see how he got there, you know, that kind of makes sense. So Superfly being this position of like, yeah, you know, he's been mistreated, he had the same thing as Splinter, but because he's this like hulking, you know, creature that can just beat the shit out of people, he does that, you know, and you can be like, well, he does that because that's those are the tools he was given to survive. Yeah. you know and splinters was i have these tools of protecting my my sons but what i liked at the end is obviously that moment where he's like calling out to splinter being like you know come on man you should be helping me why are you turning on me like this and he was like no this isn't right this isn't right we shouldn't we become just as bad as the people who have done this to us and i, I liked that i think that was a very good change and and you know i think superfly is a, a good villain i
2: don't think Su- superfly's not been before no. is he yeah so that was something i wanted to jump on i i, I see chris wants to say something so i'll, I'll sum up quick but the um with superflight i think because baxter stockman so the character that creates Superflight at the beginning of this movie he's very much the mad scientist in the original comics and a lot of the comic book series where he is one of the originators of the the ooze you know, he oohs. was responsible for the ooze being a big player. And the, the old, I don't know if anyone remembers the little robotic mouses and the robot glory oh, yeah. mouth things with the legs. Yeah. So he's, he was sort of the mad scientist. And in, in the comics and the cartoons, he gets morphed into a giant fly. Um,
1: so in, I, I feel like
2: to sort of put a spin on this, they kind of made, they split the character. So he was responsible for creating Superfly, who was originally who's an original character for this movie, which I thought was interesting because they kind of, spoilers, kill off Baxter Stockman in the first few minutes of this movie, which I thought was quite bold getting uh, Carlos Mm. Espinito in for what's basically a cameo role. Um, Mm. And it's going to be interesting down the line without Baxter Stockman in because he's sort of responsible for quite a lot in the turtles lives. Not to... I obviously I don't want to cut off
1: Chris. I know you got you wanna jump in. Do you think they brought him in for maybe down the line he can come back?
2: Because he is a big name actor, isn't he? He is, yeah. Uh I would suspect so, because I I'll jump back on that, but I want to see what Chris wants to say first and then I'll let <laughs> go to on. you, Chris. I'll go back to so, Chris. What, what was it you wanted to say? Sorry.
0: I just kind of wanted to tackle um Ian's point about obviously I agree i don't think we could class the other turtle films necessarily as immature but there's definitely um i think and i think it's part of the i guess kind of cinematic world we live in nowadays whereas kids films are a lot more complex in their storylines and they're not as mu- as as what's the word uh they're not as prone to top down to kids so they can uh, they can afford to have a bit more of a substance to their story rather than Mm, you know they'll they'll make someone like splinter you know uh, a fallible character you know he's not perfect yes he's a he's a ninja master and he's taught he's taught the kids how to fight and all this cool stuff and for most parts in older films back in the 90s and stuff you know splinter was just like he was just the coolest thing and he never had any he he never had any flaws whereas now it's nice to know that you know They have that kind of depth to characters now in these kind of films that kids can enjoy, but also see these characters, you know, from all sides, rather than just being one dimensional, and this is their thing, you know, they're actually seeing fully characters. So I I, I really find it interesting that a film like this can deliver like that. Um, yeah. Which is a real testament to the writing and the, the message they're trying to get across. Mm-hmm. But anyway, yes, uh, I also don't know if bats stop and we will come back. I'm not sure because you're right. Giancarlo Esposito is not—he's uh, not a small name by any any means. So no, no. unless I know, he's I unless he's doing it as a favor to someone in the film, I don't know. But it would seem strange that he's a one and done kind of five minute thing.
1: Very recognizable voice as well. 100%. like Second, I heard it, I was like, oh, it's you know um uh,
0: breaking bad yeah he's, and he, he's <laughs> oh my the god too bad guy <laughs> his, his real name breaking it? bad yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs> well, he, he's moff gideon to me but he's definitely like the, the go-to bad guy of late like, isn't he um yeah so mm. you got anything to add sort of just on the uh the characterizations and things like that
3: no i think i agree with um what ian was saying that oh, Wow,
1: well, everyone <laughs> agrees with me today No, this is, no, I think this is an like, unusual uh, feeling i'm always on the other end of this <laughs>
3: I think it, it is a it's a it's a poignant point that we've had this sort of like uh almost elevation of animation and and children's films and there is a it, things are getting a bit I don't want to say deeper but almost deeper um so I I do I do agree I agree I think it's a you really hit the, hit the nail on the head with that I think
1: the um, way Chris said it I think's better Let's all just be so loving to each other today. <laughs>
3: just, are you a great, Chris. I
1: think mean, you saying they don't talk down to kids anymore is a, is a good way of saying it. Now, there are great examples of kids' films from when I was younger, especially animation. I love animated films. I always have. Like, one of them that stands out by far, and Toby, you might know what I'm going to say, but I think Iron Giant is one that is, like, mm. outstanding because it doesn't yeah. talk down. No, it it has, like, really heavy themes of like death accepting like who you are your choices you know that you are who you choose to be these really adult ideas and it is a kid's film it's a kid's film and i think maybe you know you guys might not agree with this but i think maybe we had like this golden age of like animated digital animation with like early pixar films yeah, With like Toy Story, Outstanding, Incredibles, etc. And then we had some DreamWorks ones that were coming in, which were great too. You know, I think the latter Shrek films definitely fell off, but there's no way anybody can tell me that Shrek 1 and 2 aren't great. You know, yeah. they are such good films. But then I think like that, the animated like, genre kind of like, why do I sound like a like a lecturer? And I think, you know, there's... Is... <laughs> But we're I do talking think about the... very important things here, and that's why. Yeah, <laughs> give it the gravitas it deserves.
2: Exactly. Yeah,
1: I, I think the animated like genre kind of slipped a bit because. Yeah, I don't now. I do like Pixar. Also, I didn't even mention Studio Ghibli. They're like one of that. They've been holding that mm. banner of animated films for years. They've been, yeah. but and they continue. They didn't have any drip off. They've been solid forever. But I think Pixar. I know some people might not agree with me, but I think Pixar after they kind of completed their run of the films that they all kind of came up with in that initial meeting they had that famous one where they came up with toy story and finding nemo etc yeah they kind of have become a bit stilted in like what they're releasing it's a lot of repetition it's a lot of
2: sequels it's either like yeah. prequels and, and they then the, original the disney I, trope didn't they they sort of fell in line yes. with disney and then they had their little Talk through about what films they were gonna make. They made their their line of films exactly as you say. Mm-hmm. And then they was like, well, what do we make next? Well, people like these films, so we're gonna make sequels. So we're just gonna keep doing them. And then yeah. and Toy Story 2 was good. Can we do that again? And then it, yes. it kind of lost momentum. So I completely agree with you there. And I think that's why things like
1: Into the Spider-Verse, not only is Into the Spider-Verse great, Puss in Boots is great, this is great, Mitchell's versus machines is great. But it's because it's really refreshing animation now. Like, it's really not just the animated style, which I'm sure all of us have something to talk about, but just the story it's trying to tell. You know, it's not contrived repetition. It's something different. It's really exciting. And it's just really well written and very human as well. Mm -hmm. Like, they're very believable characters. So, Yeah.
0: yeah. Well said,
1: Ian yeah we'll thanks guys it. <laughs> what a lovely episode we're having here. i do have some stuff i didn't like in this film so i can get into that if you like. i, I <laughs>
2: want to i want to get to that in a second but the last yeah thing I, just I can be more is, negative <laughs> we, we've talked we've touched upon sort of the, the wider characters but with regards to the the the, the core four teenage like, the scream of coin that now and that's going to work for everything but the core four of the teenage teenage <laughs> turtles with michelangelo donatello leonardo and raf like i feel that we've got a young the youngest cast we've ever had playing these characters do you think that that was a benefit or a detriment oh, and, um, such a how film. do you feel yeah. that the dynamic of these four characters sort of stood for the film um chris do you want to go first
0: yeah I, I i think it was nothing but a benefit for the film i think each of them embodies each of their characters uh brilliantly and gives them enough distinction that you know the characteristics of each of the Turtles is unique. Each Turtle has their own personality, their own sense of being, who they are and what their, you know, aspirations are. You've obviously got Leonardo, the leader, but he's obviously, you know, uh, takes on that mantle of responsibility, you know, and, you know, his, uh his, his affections towards you know finding a girlfriend or towards April and then you've got Raph who's just like completely just wants to get out of there and do his own thing and I think but each of the the voice actors behind it do a really great job in bringing each character to life to the point where you genuinely feel like you are they are four brothers with a camaraderie but are each unique to themselves so I, th- I think they were nothing but great and obviously it's, it's in good stead for the future to then Move on, hopefully with this franchise and to other films to kinda establish that further.
2: Yeah. Simone, how how do you feel? Any particular turtle stood out to you?
3: I really like Donnie. Yeah, Donnie's
2: yeah. yeah, Donny's great. I we really, all love Donnie.
3: Re- like, I thought the performance was just so heartwarming and all of all of the, the actors because they all they all they're all quite young, aren't they? Yeah. I thought they did a really good job. Usually Children actors really annoy me, and <laughs> I was not annoyed at any point. I thought they gave a very convincing, because uh, voice acting is not easy, and they did it. Yeah. They did a very convincing job. Um, yeah, I think it was. It definitely added an element of vulnerability to it as well, um, yeah. because because their voices sounded so young, and it's not someone trying to sound young. It's just the way that they sound. And yeah, I. To, to agree with Chris and yeah, absolutely complete benefit to the film. And yeah, it just, I heart, I heart Donnie forever. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, I, I think it's quite unique because they, um, I was watching some behind the scenes footage and I think um, Seth Rogan was discussing about how a lot of these times you get the voice recording. And the reason I mentioned this is Simone, you sort of reminded me is that when they had the, the, the four uh, boys together recording the, the footage, they they were all in the same room. So a lot of uh, oh, the scenes nice. were very much improvisational and they sort of fed off each other's energy. So I, I think that, mm. that was quite a, a bold choice and I think that definitely worked. Ian, how do you think? Yeah, no,
1: I now I know that. That actually adds a lot to what I was going to say, that they felt very natural together and they felt like just some teen boys together messing about, doing stupid shit, taking the piss out of each other, and it's quite relatable because of that like you know them just being completely silly saying stupid stuff like every when they're coming in and they're trying to come up with excuses for why they're late it's just very it feels very human and organic and that's what's really important i think that's the thing that we find annoying with child actors a lot of the time is that it doesn't feel organic that's the problem and that's not to say that all child actors are terrible. It's just you've got to have really good child actors like these guys. And I think, you know, I mentioned, I feel like I should mention it every episode just because I love it so much. But one of my favorite animated shows ever is the, the Avatar series, Avatar Last Airbender. And uh, Aang, the main voice actor, was a kid when they started that and had him yeah. like grow through the role. And it it works because you can feel that he's a child and there's like child innocence there. And it's the exact same here. Child innocence and like teen innocence messing about. And now that I know that we recorded it together, it really can, it tells, you can tell because they're messing about. Like when they're taking the Mickey out of, of Leonardo um, yeah. and they find out his name's Leonardo is so funny that's so like he's like no no that's not that's not how you say it it's like that is how you say it that is how (laughs) you like it's so like what you would say like even with your friends now like if somebody says something and then you can see they're getting annoyed you're like that is what she said I heard her say that like you would you would do that um so like it felt really organic um and I I really liked their performances I think they obviously are the heart of the film and if that didn't work the film would just completely fall apart but their voice acting is like top
2: notch yeah I, I i wholeheartedly agree and i think before we sort of touch on sort of the the animation side of things because i think we're all going to have very positive things so uh, we've got to it's, we get some negatives I, well, in well, here man that's what, gonna... was to, that's what i was about to say <laughs> we gotta get bad stuff that's what i was about to say positive <laughs> negative positive so on the <laughs> negative side of things Simone, is there anything in particular that sort of didn't quite rub well with you or not, not sort of sit well in terms of either characterization, the story, anything along those lines?
3: Um there's really only one thing. It, it's something that Ian and I actually while the film was happening, we had a little
1: yeah, I was whisper
3: like, about it. Um the
1: In the middle of the cinema I shouted <laughs> over. What
3: do you think about that? That's um, weird, isn't it? <laughs> the I mean I, d- I was a little confused um where the device to Unmutate. Someone came from.
2: It's kind of just randomly there, isn't it? I, I just was like, just
3: like what, did I miss something? i I feel like it I was, lost the a...
2: It was in the Cynthia Utroms Yeah, but where did they get that from? Like, it's kind they, of really randomly. Like. They created the mutant uh, <laughs> TGR. <They laughs> I created... like you. Be
1: like, no, no, no. This is the.
2: <laughs> it's just very also, like, everywhere it's... that they've got a make it source. They've got to have an unmake it source too, right? <laughs> <laughs> It's <laughs> a sci-fi. That's how one it works.
0: works.
1: You have the ooze and you have unooze. <laughs>
0: it's all so very, so very scientific. <laughs> yeah, it's
1: it's very Deus ex isn't it? It's yeah. like you know, like oh, it's you, we we've got the thing that stops it right here. It just happens
2: to be in this little thing over here. It's like, well, I mean, they had it from okay? the get-go because the the soldiers had it when they went to go capture Baxter Stockman from the beginning, didn't they? So it was it was brought in from the very first scene.
1: Okay, but still, it's Deus Ex Machina. It's handy that we have it. Did they make it before the ooze was designed or after the ooze? I well, feel like before, because then too. they brought it. Yeah, but then if he had
2: the ooze, bef- was he making mutants for a long time or just for a short time? Well, he'd sort of gone rogue, hadn't he? Because that was the whole point of him being in his basement, making the other... Okay, so th- so he had the ooze first. Hey, I'm sure because they're doing a spin-off <laughs> TV series, they can do a Baxter Stockman journey. It did, yeah, I it was very for both of us, we were uh, like I
3: was just like, what? What? did I miss something? I'm, I'm yeah. confused.
1: <laughs> Why have I they mean? just randomly got this? Like, it's lucky, isn't it? Oh, I had that unoos around, isn't it? Like, is that well, what we're I'm calling it as well? Unooze. Yeah.
3: The
1: the other thing that didn't click for me, I'm not sure about. Chris and Toby, but So and we've kind of talked about it as well. But like I felt like Superfly becoming a big kaiju sort of whale monster thing was a bit weird. I just found that a bit like that's a bit strange. Like I didn't it didn't click for me that kind of change in sort of the story because before that it was very like grounded. I know they're mutant people, like I'm not saying it's grounded like believable, but I mean like it was very human story in the sense of their emotions and like they're having to deal with this like thing that's going to kill all these people I and mean, it's like oh but now he's a big kaiju thing you're going to have to fight him it's going to be a big creature that you use the onus on it's lucky we got that here you go and I just felt like that's where the film kind of went a bit a little bit awry for me I still like the emotional points within that yeah like when Splinter gets the New Yorkers to help him and you know the boys all gang together and Leo becomes a hero and all of that but I just felt him becoming a big monster was a, just a bit like, oh, we've got to give him a fret. Ah, we'll make him a big monster. That's what we're doing. Yeah,
2: we'll do. well, that, that felt very much like the early Saturday morning cartoons, you know, the early 90s um, yeah. cartoon sort of thing, you know, almost Power, Power Rangers-esque. Make my monster grow. Yeah. Um, it felt <laughs> very reminiscent of that. But I, it was quite funny uh, um, that they did the the splinter in the New Yorkers because that felt very reminiscent of Spider-Man 1 with the green goblin. Yeah, yeah, so like, you take on one of us you take on all of us. I thought that was Yeah, uh... it's a
1: bit of a cheesy scene as well when they're going yeah. on the skateboard and Yeah. Yeah. Would have been great if he got on the skateboard and just immediately fell off. That would Chris, have been funny. How like, about you? Like, I
0: I I like the I like the kaiju-esque boo. Yeah. Get pineapple <laughs> on that pizza. <laughs> 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 I think um I I do agree with the the the, the kind of the means for Super, superfly's plan is kind of just a bit like oh, it it, it just works don't worry about it and then we kind of like okay sure um don't if you really start picking up party like how is this working how are you doing but you know i was happy to go with it because i was enjoying myself so much but then i did enjoy the kaiju bit i think obviously he falls into the big pool of ooze with all the you know with the zoo is and stuff like that and then it becomes this sort of final act threat for um i guess new york to come together as it so often does in films you know yeah. there's always that scene. um i i've been to new york and i feel like they would just be like oh this is just another inconvenience because <laughs> yeah
1: <laughs> oh bloody another kaiju it's again like, mm-hmm. oh, again
0: jeez. um <laughs> but I, I like that but um I I, I I agree the only real sticking point for me was like the the, the how is this happening but i didn't really mind enough to
1: I guess you have to accept their turtles yeah (laughs) (laughs) yeah
0: yeah. I mean yeah there's a there's a point where I'm going if I'm going this far I might as well go the rest of them yeah (laughs) I think there's a very
2: there's a very tongue-in-cheek line from I think Jackie Chan is Splinter where he's like he's talking about how they're growing up as kids and he's like oh yeah if you, think, if you think too much about it it doesn't work so let's just move on yeah <laughs> I, I thought that was very much like their wave away for the movie because i guess if you do sort of pull yeah. apart the teenage mutant ninja turtles yeah he's, it, it, says, it gets a bit I messy. An,
0: i was an old rat so now i'm an older rat you were young turtles yeah I, that you're, so you're still young turtles don't worry about it <laughs> yeah that bit <laughs> well, is great okay
1: yeah. <laughs> i loved just all of the young interactions as well not only were they the cutest turtles uh, like yeah. ever they were so cute and then when they were little mutant turtles baby turtles Aww. i was like oh um, but I loved them fighting, learning to do ninjutsu to push it to the limit. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> limit. That was so good. Um, that was
3: actually do- the the music to be fair. The song, in this. Yeah, the songs are spot on. Yeah. yeah.
1: They're so good. And then the when they're cutting it, lacing it in with Jackie Chan movies, I was like, yeah. that's so good. That's What's so good. But negative again. Bad yeah. stuff.
2: Big kaiju. Boom. <laughs> <laughs> but with with the, the comedy aspect, because they they even though there was a lot of heartfelt moments and there was some great action, which I want to touch on upon a second, there were a lot of jokes in this that I thought were great. Is there anything in particular, Sim, that you sort of thought in terms of uh, one mm-hmm. of the jokes they made stood out mm-hmm. to you?
3: Oh, God, you put me on the spot here. Yes. Um Oh, that's tough. Uh, I'll,
2: I'll go first if you want to take please, time. Please, please. Yeah. I'm, I'm,
3: like, I'm like, Christ, we did laugh, but I'm trying to think, what, what
1: did I laugh at? I've, I've thought of one as well, while think... Simone's thinking as well, I'll... so...
2: I think the f- first one for it. me was the the crisp cutouts
3: <laughs> where they Oh, oh yeah, yeah, where yeah,
2: splinter had set like a little homecoming or prom party oh. at home or a disco and he's like look all your friends are here and it's three cardboard cutouts of Chris Evans uh, yeah. Chris Pratt and then Chris um Pine Chris as Pine. Kirk as Captain Kirk. Yeah. yeah, I thought that was really I love
1: funny. when he's like I'm the best Chris and it's like yeah. <laughs> 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 you know, debatable. <laughs> Have you thought that your moments? I, I've got the one that made me laugh a lot is when they're in the car and they're driving. I can't remember the song, and it's like, oh, it's it's a song that I I actually think is quite a good song. And they're like driving. That's what's
0: going? What's going on? That yeah, what's yeah. going? On that one, yeah. And he presses
1: the, he does the break, and they fly
0: through the window. And he's like, "What's going on?" So
1: he's like, Full. "That I genuinely that, I, yeah, thought I that was it's, hilarious." It's,
0: I guess "What's Up" by Four Non Blondes. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah,
1: yeah, so funny that when he goes right through the window, the gecko. Oh, Sim, you, I know which one's your favorite moment. Please,
4: it's tell with me. the gecko.
1: Oh, well, it's it's with you. Were like that's one of the best jokes in this film so far. It's when they had. It was meant to be like a Saving Private Ryan movement, where everybody's been messed up, and then I think it's, I think it's Leonardo or it's one of, picks up the gecko's tail, like the guy's arm that's come off at the D-day landing, oh, and he's yeah. holding it, <laughs> and he's <it's laughs> like, "Oh god!" And then it's like, "Oh no, it's all right. It grows back, It grows back." <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes <laughs> that's thank the bit you, you laughed thank out loud you, Ian. at. Thank
2: you. <laughs> Anything else that you don't need some annotation on, um,
3: Simone? What did I really? What really made me laugh? No, I'm really struggling. <laughs> You've had all this time,
1: Simone. <laughs> God damn it! I'm sorry. I even gave you one. I even I gave. you... I'm sorry. Chris, you got one. Last Let's go to Chris. Chris yeah. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah. I, I like, I like the moment when Donatello realizes he's only got a big stick. And yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's, like, it's like, why have only got a stick? <laughs> I did. I love that
1: because as a kid, I like, lo- I like Donatello a lot. He's probably yeah. one of my favorites. And I love all four of them, but I really like Donatello. But it is like, yeah. It was what you
0: thought when you were younger. Yeah, I was stick.
1: (laughs) Why has he got nunchucks?
0: He's got like throwing stars and daggers. Leonardo's got swords. He's he's got a stick. And
1: he's just got a
0: stick. But he's, I mean, obviously... That and that it, in that car scene in, when he's yeah. like,
1: "If only we had something long that we like could press." <laughs> 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 so it's a
0: great callback. Yeah. You know, I like. I, I, <sighs> I also like just like the little gestures. So you know when Splinters like the milking thing. Yeah, like, the milking, theme. the milking. And then <laughs> that's when, a great when, when he rescues them He says, "Is that a milking machine?" <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. And, and and then the little things where you know April. I think. um April has some of the best, like, one-liner sidebar little jokes. She has tons yeah. of them, but when he's talking to them and or lecturing them saying, they're going to kill the humans. It's, there's only one good, like, April, and then she just, you just see her sort of, like, point to herself as to say, me? And mm. um, I think she's, I think there's just there's tons of little moments sprinkled throughout that where they don't say anything, but it's just gestures or looks or yeah. the way yeah. they say something that really make the jokes even funnier, but... Yeah, Donatello's stick for me was great because it just, as Ian said, brought me back to going. Yeah, I remember thinking, "Yeah, why has he only got a stick?" Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's so true. It's like a ball staff, which is really, really solid piece of wood, which will hurt in the wrong, like in the right hands, will do a lot of damage. But it's just the same.
2: Yeah, it's uh, so true. Simone, anything come back? To-
3: <laughs> yes, I do. I have, I have two. So, oh wow! All right, the, okay. The first was when they. Um, when they've gotten they followed uh, April's bike into that little warehouse and they've they've ma- they've mashed everybody up yeah. and she comes in and she's like the longer you stay in this sh- the shadows
2: the, the more, more sus-, sus it
3: is <laughs> like, yeah <laughs> <laughs> um, and then the other one is um splinter being like do you know how hard it is to find mutants to date my age yeah
0: <laughs> <laughs> i've tried all the apps <laughs> yeah.
3: <laughs> yeah those those two
0: oh. like yeah but he did
1: cool. find a mutant he his age yeah. uh, also like that the mutants are cockroach because yeah. it's referenced at the start that he had a cockroach friend who died yeah. <laughs> yeah.
2: and then he ate him I
1: like, yeah.
0: <laughs> I, I like the callback as well obviously when you hear about april's backstory where she doing the morning yeah. announcements and then she goes to do it you think no she's got this but no she actually just yeah, goal, yeah. and she's like oh i really thought i was past that yeah
1: <laughs> i think that's the good thing about this is that you know seth rogan and i always forget the other guy's name Evan even Evan. And, Evan. and jeff, jeff rogan we'll just call jeff rogan Genuinely funny, like I like. They have made some really funny films. I know mm-hmm. some people might not find them amusing, but Super Bad is like hilarious. It, it's
0: hilarious. Yeah. It's so funny.
1: That, that's like, a
3: timeless it's, comedy, right there. It is. It's so funny, and like, or your I first fi- film as well. I mean,
1: yeah, that's like a swing, and you've knocked it out of the park. That is mm-hmm. like a home run. But they've made like some really, really, really funny films, and. I feel like this. It you can you needed that like comedy. You know, I don't want to say genius. You know, that, that, that some people might find that. You know, but <sighs> Super Bad is comedy genius. It is really it's, funny, and I Superbad feel like movie. this had not as lewd as Super Bad, but it had like the same vibe as Super Bad because it is a teen comedy film where you know you got these four teens making jokes together, doing stuff, make, and it had that sort of vibe, but more wholesome. And uh, I think that's why the comedy works so well because Seth Rogen and the others are good at <laughs> good at writing like comedy films. They're very good at getting that together, even if people don't don't think that. I think they are so. I might be basic bitch for that, but I, I like. No, it. I don't think you're a basic bitch. No, totally Seth agree. Rogen
3: is like completely attached to my funny bone. I find him so yeah. funny. Yeah. He's no, so I, I just one. know some people really hate jokes. Oh. All yeah, all the milking jokes are God. great. I mean
2: that was a long milk. joke that finally got developed. And I thought that when they really were getting milked, he was like, yeah. Does it hurt?
4: What do you
1: think? Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <And laughs> yeah. And some they, people they really hate seth Rogen, though. Yeah. Well,
2: well, I don't I, get it. I, I think he's really funny. He's very funny. I think he's very funny. But they um there's a lot of pop culture references because that milking scene, they even sort of chime in with like BTS and then they start singing the the BTS song. I'm not gonna <laughs> this, I can't remember. <laughs> yeah. It, I thought that was quite funny.
0: There are a lot of pop culture references in this yeah. that I thought were quite funny and there well used as well. Because you know, there are certain things that you'll get pop culture references for and they'll just throw them in just to try and, you know, pique someone's interest who's watching, but to actually use them properly and effectively is 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 good.
1: I think that might. I'm not saying it's a negative because I really do think that's funny too. And there were there were pop culture references that I g- genuinely laughed at. But I think some animated films are a bit more timeless because of like like Iron Giant that I mentioned. Mm. Like obviously that's in an era. Like that is made in a certain era. But because it doesn't rely too much on pop culture references, you can still enjoy that now, and kids yeah. now can still enjoy that. I think we will always find this very funny and probably the kids who it came out for will also find it funny. But I think when you go back to review something like that in later years, sometimes those pop culture references might lose their comedy value is the only thing. I think the ones that will end up being more timeless jokes in it are like the milking, the stick thing. Yeah. The, the the I really think some of it's very funny with, as you say, just the gestures. Mm. The pop culture ones I still laughed at, but I think they might, you know just end up being a bit like oh yeah that was a funny time wasn't it when that was going on you know
0: do you know yeah. what i mean yeah i do i i, yeah, mean, I agree I, I agree i i think the problem with pop cultural references that you say is you're basically putting a timestamp on whatever property is you know is things that we've watched over the years that are now you look back and go well that's an old reference uh you know yeah. you look at anything like mm. friends i look at then something like the big bang theory which was rife Blech. absolutely <laughs> rife with uh low-hanging fruit pop culture references and literally we just do them just say ha gave a thrones right and then something like that whereas at least this is using them effectively and using it is them using them as part, part effectively. of the joke rather than just saying it to try and be like yay you mentioned yeah. this thing
2: god i hate it, well they, they, they did, did that with attack on titan didn't they you know and they actually Oh yeah, Purp- that was good, purposely yeah. added that to sort of reference the big kaiju monster and how like they've got a vulnerability on the back of the neck. But you're right, you know, say sort of five or six years down the line when the final, well, the final, final, final series of Attack on Titan finally does air, is anybody <laughs> going to care anymore? I mean, that's had like more final seasons than anything else. But um yeah, pe- people might not remember that as fondly or vividly as they do mm. now so it's, it's interesting sort of but then that that's i feel that sort of summarizes this movie this is very much a zeitgeist movie it's very much poignant mm. of the time of the characters of the sort of the day and age we're in because there's lots of sort of the the more competent sort of social media side of things and you know they wanted to stream or april wanted to stream the, the their sort of goings and toings and from with regards to the crimes and stuff so it's very much a zeitgeist movie it's very much of the era and it, it's mm. sort of shaped with and aged with the the kids or the perpetual kids like us who've gone to see the film <laughs> and I, uh yeah I, I i think that uh that i think that sort of works let's move on to sort of the animation because i feel like we've sort of buried the lead there and i think this is mm. such a high profile sort of subject matter to talk about yeah. How, how did we initially think Ian you, you made the biggest gasp so I'll go with you first yeah. <laughs> I I
1: thought it was like I, I as I said when we started there's been a renaissance of like animation and it's something that I've talked about a few times we've all talked about it on this episode and I love seeing it I love seeing like into the spider verse who kind of was like this big galvanizing thing for that and who really wanted to push what animation could do with having multiple different animation styles in a scene. Um, and then we've had Puss in Boots, which I think was stunning. Mm, People have just... in The Last Wish. Like, oh, it's so honestly really emotional as well. Like it actually really touched my heart. And then the Mitchells versus the Machines, another one we've mentioned. This is the same team, same director, right? So, um, who also worked on Gravity Falls, which is an amazing team. Yeah, same one, Jeff Rowe yeah, love Gravity Falls, man. So good. Um so like, I think the animation in this was outstanding. Like it might be out of all of those ones I've listed. up there is one of my favorite ones of it because yeah. like I love that like it has a 2D sort of like element of like when smoke's coming out of an exhaust it's like 2d smoke coming out of an exhaust Mm. when light is coming out of a screen you've got lines that are coming out of it to show that it's bright like it's like a comic book page but like also another element that's like more of that digital side of animation that i i just loved it so much like i thought it was so good um I'm not going to pinch Simone's favorite moment of animation that we talked about when we were driving to Lidl this morning that you were like, I loved that so much, but it is a great bit. So I'll let her mention that. But I just think it broadly had like fantastic animation and very unique and chose to push that sort of like comic book 2D elements to it. One of my favourite bits is when they had Ferris Bueller's Day Off (laughs) playing. That was fun. But then everything around it's 2D and stuff. I was like, that's great. That's such a good little thing to have done. So yeah, I think the animation... Not only was the film like a really good heart story, the animation in this
2: was just stellar. I think it looked fantastic. So Sim, what was your your standout bit for animation?
3: Uh, When they're on the rooftop and it's sort of like this sort of like dark animation, you know, they, they don't even have pupils. They're all sort of like oh, stood. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then it, it cuts and it's just like them just sort of like being awkward teenagers on the roof. Yeah. I thought that was brilliant. I absolutely loved it. Like the art style, as Ian said, is phenomenal. It's it is it's just really lovely to look at. Like, and I agree with what Ian said. I'm really enjoying, as you termed it, the, the, re- the renaissance of art um an animation that's coming because it's it is it's been really lovely to see something yeah. so different um and yeah i all of it like it's it was just phenomenal 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 um
1: phenomenally
3: <laughs> phenomenal <laughs> phenomenal phenomenal <laughs> no it really <laughs> <was>. um, <laughs> But yeah i, I really I, I loved that that little scene i was just like yes that is awesome but also like yes they are just teenagers so. <laughs> well, <laughs> I, just
1: I think that. it's so good because that scene is like a clear reference to the original comic book art style yes that's how they looked yeah, yeah. originally and that without the pupils very dark very serious and i love that they are like ran out being like super serious and then, as Simone rightly like highlighted, no, they're just immediately teenagers, and they cut. Yeah. They, it's almost like we're paying homage to where this came from, but this is the vibe we're going for. This yeah. is like what we're trying to do. And I love the hard cut when they're like, "Why do you sound like Batman? Like, That's <laughs> yeah. why yeah, are you yeah. doing that?" Like, so like, well, I was trying to make it engaging for you. It's like,
2: don't do that. I don't know. <laughs> like. It's so good, Chris. How about you? Any any standout moments of animation? Um. I, I, I generally just love pretty much all of it. That scene
0: that you've described there is great. I think there's gen, gen, genuinely not a moment where I thought this doesn't look fantastic. And I, if I'm honest, I said earlier that I didn't really have expectations of this film coming in, which was partly a lie because knowing that this was from Jeff Rowe, who was behind Mitchell's Versus Machines, which is a fantastic-looking, brilliant film that yeah. I love, this was probably the aspect of the film that I was expecting good things from, uh, and it was great. It was more than good; it was fantastic, and I really, really enjoyed it. And I think the beauty of, and to go back to Ian's good point about renaissance of animation is—I feel
1: like we should coin this. Like, we this should, should coin be our
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the renaissance of animation. Um, is that with and as we've seen in Spider Verse and other animated films is. Having a kind of unique art style as opposed to like live action or having or even with an animation having a unique art style or something this well done adds such a different element to your ability to tell a story in such a unique and compelling way. The way that it draws a scene, the reactions, the kind of, you know, um I guess if someone's shocked, you get that kind of sp- surprise kind of drawing above their head, those kind of things. They kind of really just make things pop from the screen and really emphasize the moment or the joke or the, the, the kind of motions that the film's going through at that point. And I think that this film as with Mitchell's Rich machines just does that fantastically. And I, I, I honestly cannot pick a single moment that I want to single out as the best. Yeah. I think it was all great.
2: I, I mean, i would wholeheartedly agree i mean i i've been an advocate for all things animation for the longest time and i think more comic books would mm, adaptations would benefit from going an animation route because to sort of echo what you were saying chris i think what the particular animation style that we're getting at the moment is it's allowing more of a visual identity for each of these mm, narratives mm-hmm. you know you've got Spider-Man that's got very much sort of the the reminiscent of half tones and the sort of more pop arty sort of side of things and then you've got Mitchell and the web uh, Mitchell and, um, and the machines which is sort of more frantic and a little bit more um sort of kinetic energy with the the animation side of things puss and boots is it's it's kind of an amalgamation of both of those with a yeah, with a touch of the dreamworks so. style and i feel like the turtles it, it's almost a love letter to all the the the, precede, um, the the previous Turtles before it. It's got the gritty edge of sort of the Matt Laird and um, Kevin Eastman original comic book series whilst an undercurrent of the softer characters from the early sort of 90s cartoon. And I, I think this in particular has such a strong identity where it kind of pa- it splits between 2D and 3D, <coughs> 3D and it has a, a great amalgamation of both. And um, but I, uh, it, it leads into the sort of softer sides where they've got more of the emotional core and then the, 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 the kinetic action with, uh, say, for example, the the kaiju fight. Or one of the standout scenes for me was the once they've uh, beaten the first group of villains, they work with April. And then there's the uh, compilation or um, oh, the, the scene where they're fighting numerous different gangs yeah, I was about to that's a great anime. Cutting scene. in between each of the action mm. scenes. Uh, and it's almost like one big unit and one big set piece. I think that, for me, was a huge standout. Great music was, as well. And yeah, the, I mean, the music was great in this.
0: No <laughs> Okay. <laughs> Apparently that was the hardest song they had to clear. That really? Yeah, but they got it in the end because they were like... They, they, I think they showed it to them and said, this is what we're going to do anyway. Yeah, but... I wonder know. why they were so precious about it that's weird i don't Mm. know but the the
1: the music is so good even not just the songs they bring in but i think the original score is very good like one of the tracks that i remember for the original score is them april showing them her research on like superfly
3: and there's this really
1: like like upbeat tempo sort of like song of them like learning all this information It, it really adds to the scene and that's what you want original scores to do it's not yeah i think sometimes people think original scores like there's been some very poor choices of oscar winning original scores over the <laughs> last few years because like they like oh it's this really amazing piece of music it's like okay but did it do anything for the film and a lot of the time it's like it's very forgettable within the context of the film whereas like a great original score is something that really adds to the film's dynamic i think a film we recently reviewed very recently for us uh was Barbie its original score is great because it adds to the film and that's the same for this its original yeah. score does a lot for the scenes and then the added tracks do a lot for us to enjoy the emotion in what we're seeing like that is a great choice for that fight scene it adds a lot to it yeah
2: well you you've got such a um a combo in Trent Reznor and Atticus Ross um mm. for for the for the score you know they did the social network which in my opinion is a, a great film of finches but the music adds so much to that yeah. um and Agreed. i think girl with a dragon tattoo as well the the uh the remake i thought that was mm-hmm. fantastic uh, another Chris, great you got, score you got something you want to jump on
0: uh yeah i was just going to say the 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 thing to echo what ian was saying the thing with music and film is very much similar to what we said about the pop culture references the films can you can have songs in films and they could just be popular songs in a film that don't deliver or do anything for the, the film itself whereas if you i mean someone who's really good at this is edgar wright he picks the songs that make his mm-hmm. films uh <laughs> pardon the pun sing um but they will you know the 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 songs have a purpose within the film and the narrative and they drive the film forward or or speak to what that moment in the film is talking about or what's happening so um when they're when no diggity is playing in that cut in intercutting scene where they're fighting all the gangs it really helps with the vibe of them kind of getting in the groove and getting into what they're really doing um Mm. whereas you'll have films that just have a song in there just, you know, so they can sell a soundtrack CD maybe later on down the line, which might sound cynical, but it's true. It's true. true. I mean, uh, Twilight, for example, I remember that one (laughs) having tons of them. (laughs) I mean that's like the worst. I, 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 like, it's I, the it's the most criminal
1: offender I of that. I can hate
0: that film. I was so,
1: to get it, it, <laughs> tell us how you really feel, Chris. Well, <laughs> that I remember that soundtrack had like it had um oh my god, what's the band? They they did the suburbs, which is a great album. Oh my god, I bet listeners are like, yeah, it's this band, but it's like one of the weirdest like alternative Uh, oh no it's
0: arcade fire
1: arcade fire and you know what film i'm actually thinking of bloody fucking hunger games the hunger games is another (laughs) example just another fucking example of a film that's like oh let's get all these edgy alternative artists on there and people will buy the album and then in the film they're never fucking played they weren't in that film i don't know why they're on that soundtrack and it serves no purpose at all, I don't like that film I'm going to join on the Chris's <laughs> tirade I fucking hate that film, I actually don't hate it that much I just thought I'd match the energy <laughs>
2: I'm just matching your energy Chris I'm just matching your energy <laughs> <laughs> matching your energy, Chris <laughs> sorry, sorry, you sorry, got, you you got any, uh, <laughs> any, any notes the, uh, on the music side of things, on the scores?
3: Uh, I absolutely love the soundtrack um, mm. I love that it was like a lot of like 90s hip hop and R&B completely up my street really added to it for me i was like bobbing in my seat wanting to <laughs> sing along um yeah i 10 out of 10 for the soundtrack and score fantastic
0: yeah, yeah. The soundtrack you fantastic what oh, film no do
1: you fucking hate so
0: <laughs> um
3: you know i <laughs> agree. twilight is pretty deplorable it's pretty fucking bad isn't it um, it's and, pretty bad. And do you know what was really annoying when it when twilight came out and every single fucker that could tinkle <laughs> on a piano was playing that stupid insipid song that the vampire boss's face was the main one.
0: Oh yeah. Batman. Oh. Uh, from, Robert
3: Pattinson. Um, he was Edward playing... Cullen.
2: Edward Cullen. I hate that I, I know, know that. He was... I hate that I know that.
3: <laughs> 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 he was playing the song for whatever a face Bella. is. Oh, I hate that I know this. T- everywhere you went, everyone was bloody playing that song. And I was you like, "Did you shut up? Do you,
0: do you know what I, I even know it? the song.
1: Oh. I don't know what
0: song this is. I was like, what I the fuck are you talking it? about? I don't I even remember it. that. My, my, For another my time. Then, <laughs> my then-girlfriend then was obsessed with Twilight, and it really fucking annoyed me. Is that <laughs> she, what ended the relationship? Yeah, I was, fucking
1: had another this shit. It wasn't far
0: off. Um, but she... <laughs> she um, Every time every time she'd insist on watching she'd go, do you know he played that for real? I was like, yes, you've told me about a thousand times. Yeah. Oh, you can play as, you're a okay. as you're packing we a bag. As you're packing a bag. We Are went you... to see the first one. That's when great. He, when he, mm-hmm. <laughs> he took his shirt off and started sparkling. I went, fuck off. And went to <laughs> <the cinema. laughs>
1: oh, as you're climbing out the window. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yeah.
0: <laughs> I
1: think Kyle the same, the same.
2: No. "No, give it in. This no, is no, gold." No, no. Chris' insights are real. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh. We should come back. We
1: should do a retro review of Twilight. No, See Chris. no, yeah, no. yeah. No. yeah.
2: None of us watch it. We just give our worst memories about it. We don't have. To yeah, watch it
1: actually, I, I, I just remember him stopping that fucking car, and it was so dumb. I was like, "What the fuck is that?" What just happened? Why is he breathing like that? I Why was know. she is...
3: breathing like that? She just kept breathing <laughs> <laughs> all throughout the film. I was like, well, what is this? Uh,
0: the thing is, they're not... Uh, I I, don't want to get into it. <laughs>
1: yeah. I, you, <laughs> I heard Chris go, Twilight. The, the thing, thing is, Twilight. the one more thing. No, no. <laughs> like Columbo turning around. Right. Just we're get one out of that rabbit
0: hole. I've really enjoyed myself. With, uh, talk... Teenage Mutant <laughs> and... so yeah. I want. I, I, I want that to be my lasting memory for this film.
2: <laughs> Uh, well, on the but t- what about Me when Me he sparkled? Shut uh, up. Ian! Ian! Shush! No mutiny. <laughs> uh, so, on the teenage mutant ninja Tales, any last thoughts on the TMNT? Any thoughts about where the post credits may lead to? Uh, Ian, you you mentioned it earlier. Do you want to go on that first?
1: Probably shredder. Yeah, I th- I think <laughs> it's I, what, 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 what <laughs> that was it, Chris?
0: <laughs> Probably shredder.
2: Yeah. <Probably> <laughs> 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 I think it's Shredder. It might be. I don't
1: know. It could be Krang. I don't know.
0: That'd be be weird.
1: (laughs) It'd be really left field if they brought, like, I don't know, Batman in because they've had lots of crossovers. It'd be a great crossover. It would be, but totally left field. (laughs) Just like you put it Shredder. It's actually this guy. (laughs) Um, Yeah, no, it's clearly going to be Shredder. Um, And yeah, I mean, I'm very excited for that. Shredder is their most iconic villain. Yeah. Um, You know, other than, I guess, Kang. But, like, Shredder is still very... The the guy. We don't need Jonathan Majors in this. It's Krang. (laughs) (laughs) Why do I keep saying Kang? It's Krang. Yeah, Krang. Krang, right? It's the multiverse. Yeah, Krang. Yeah. (laughs) Kang comes in, and he's like, Hey, guys. Whoops, sorry. Whoopsie. Get out of here. Get out of here. Stop slapping people. Get out of here. (laughs) Um, (laughs) 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 <laughs> it's um yeah no, it's going to be shredder. It's going to be great. I'm very excited by the prospect of this universe growing with th- like this. If they can release something else and do yeah. this again, like I'm very excited for it. I think they've handled the property really well. They've handled actually the greater canon really well. I I think another great moment for me, if we're going to talk about just final thoughts of things we really loved. I mean, one of my favorite scenes was when Bebop and Rocksteady turn up. And they're playing their music. I yeah. love that. And Superfly coming out. Bebop and Rocksteady were always two characters I really liked as a kid. Yeah. Um, so them already being introduced, but not in a way because I remember in the Michael Bay films, it was like, look who we bloody got in this. It's Bebop and Rocksteady. Look at this. We're not going to do anything with them, but look, look who it is. Yeah. Like in this, in this, it felt far more like they're just they're naturally part of the story and it makes sense that they're in this story because they themselves are mistreated i really liked that so anything that's coming out further if they can catch this again fantastic and shredder can only be like great because i love shredder i'm, I'm, I'm into yeah. that i'm into it
2: well as we can all sort of see where shredder is going to go um i think maybe the 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 strangest or the most potentially polarizing idea is what did we think about the ending of the turtles joining the real world and joining yeah, and that true. sort of thing? That, Cause that's quite a big departure from the, the status quo for the turtles. Chris, do you want to go on that one first?
0: I think what it can do is give them, you know, different sticks, to fight for in the second one. I mean, obviously fighting for the whole of New York is pretty high up there already, but I guess they'll have, they'll, I'm guessing they'll make personal connections at high school, which could be in jeopardy and for them to um, to deal with, obviously adjusting to that kind of life when, you know, um, just spending the whole life living in the sewers away from humanity. Um, but also I think it'd be interesting to see if they carry on that theme of acceptance and whether, Obviously, I know a lot of people Mm -hmm. cheer for them at the end, being the heroes of New York, but there's still going to obviously be those people, I would assume, that don't fully embrace them. And, you know, they are still turtles from the sewers. So, you know, knowing the the real world I live in, which, you know, has those kind of people in it, there's going to be a level of intolerance there, which might be an interesting avenue to go down with that. Yeah. Simone, what do you think?
3: Um yeah if i i think it's um what well, on the next film sorry next
2: film or just final thoughts on the film or how the uh, you've got a whole bevy of questions are being asked to you now whether <laughs> how, how you feel about the turtles sort of coming out to the real world and joining the sort of school and the real world day to day
3: i gotcha <laughs> um i think well for me film is broadly great because I know we haven't we haven't done that. Oh, we haven't set up haven't broadly. I haven't. Right?
4: Yeah. So I'm just
2: gonna, I'm yeah, gonna start yeah, that. That was the, that was the final that.
3: thing I was going oh, to do. Oh, sorry, sorry. God damn it! Mutiny! It's mutiny! Yeah. So my thoughts was that um <laughs> no um yeah I think in the next film what would I be excited to see? Because they've they've teased um Shredder now. So yeah, super excited for that. Um, I don't know. I didn't have any like immediate thoughts as to like what the next step would be. Um, but I think what Chris said is, you know, the idea of like them being accepted by, cause they are, they're out now. Um, and I think that would probably be the the next logical progression is them being accepted or not accepted by the wider society. Um, I don't know whether they're going to go down the route of them just kind of like becoming the superheroes um, of where they are. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm just, I'm broadly excited (laughs) to see what happens next.
2: What a great segue. (laughs) So I guess on that subject, how did we all feel? Simone, broadly excited. What did you think of the film?
3: Broadly great. Oh, great. Who'd have seen that
2: coming? (laughs) Ian, what about yourself?
1: Um. I, I, well, I, I, I think this will get a, a gasp. You might be over a gasp, but I'm going to say broadly good. Like, it... it I, <gasps> I, <laughs> <laughs> sorry,
0: the one was doing it. Sorry. Yeah, no one gasped. I was like, oh. Um,
1: I think it was broadly good. I don't want to say it was broadly great. It might, it's very close to being broadly great for me. and It might inch up into that, that echelon. Um... But, like, on Letterboxd, I always review... Like, you can follow me on Letterbox if you want. You can find me there. But I always review my films, and I gave it three and a half. Um, a four, I feel like, was would be too much. So a four would be eight. That would be broadly great, because they rhyme. So, like, three and a half is probably five of <laughs> <laughs> For a broadly,
2: fight. sorry, the broadly spectrum guns. of reviews is always such a colourful experience.
1: <laughs> like this used to be us at work. Used to be like, what are you talking about?
2: Like, why? Yeah. Are you, like, how? What? I we think need, it's broad- we need some
0: kind of chart. <laughs> well,
2: how how about we do it specific for the movie? We've done the lightning bolts for the Flash or the microwave babies. How many how pizza many slices? Oh, pizza slices! Yes, I give this a f- probably. Half eaten
1: seven slices out of 20. No, how many slices are (laughs) in a pizza? 10. Well, it's just just 10 then. (laughs) It's just normal. Then I'll give it 7.5. I'd have to give it 7.5 pizza slices. Nice. With Hawaiian pizza, though.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Your pepperoni pizza. What do you
0: think? So I would give it eight and a half slices out of 10 from pepperoni. Um, <laughs> broadly great is where i would go with this i, okay, I do fair. i do think this is a broadly great film i was very impressed um uh wouldn't say exceed uh exceeded expectations but you know i was I, I don't know if i was expecting quite as to have such a good time with it as i did um i'm very excited to see what happens uh going forward um, as far as i'm concerned the, the keep making a couple more of these if they're going to be as good so yeah yeah i really enjoyed it
2: perfect what did you
1: give it pizza wise chris or me you you you, you're the yeah what do you give it out pizzas me i matter i uh (laughs) (laughs) i
2: I would probably echo chris i would say about 8.5 i think it it matched my expectations of what i was hoping for based on the caliber who was involved um i think the voice cast probably exceeded a little bit but i think all in all story animation everything i think 8.5 is a fair i think anything higher than that would probably be a little bit more spider-man beyond the spider-verse or across the spider-verse levels um and i think this certainly is up there with my top three films of the year thus far whether or not it holds our year review is going to be spicy i think exactly we will see we will see
1: but uh yeah spicy like a hawaiian pizza
0: (laughs) yes the spiciest of all pizzas
2: (laughs) margarita the spiciest of all
0: yeah you've got nando
2: sauce sriracha then hawaiian pizza (laughs) (laughs) Well, uh. on that note, I think that's a good point for us to head off home and do our own things and just stop talking to each other. That sounds like a nice <laughs> thing to <isn't> do. <laughs> <me?
0: laughs> I'm going to use that. Specifically Ian.
2: <laughs> that that one. <laughs> if you like today's episode and you want to hear more about nerdy subjects, our decisions on pizza topping, then please listen to us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and SoundCloud. That's a goodbye from me and goodbye from the rest of these crazy cats.
3: <laughs> Bye. later later
2: see you later i